All right, we're live. Uh, I was driving in today and I was thinking about, um, I was watching a, a, an accident scene on the roadside and thinking about uh, cervical collars. And I, I realized, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard my spiel about cervical collars. Um, so I, you know, longtime EMS physician and care a lot about EMS and um, cervical spine immobilization is one of the kind of probably biggest changes that have transpired really in the EMS community in the last several years. Um, and there are two separate discussions. One is about backboards, which have largely gone away. I mean, I think we all know that, that backboards have really pretty much disappeared from the armamentarium in terms of a, um, in terms of a go-to device for routine immobilization of patients has kind of disappeared. There are certainly a selected group of patients who are either need to be extricated or are hard to carry or move around or who are completely obtunded for whom you probably do get some benefit from just simply having a mechanism by which you can hold them still so their arms aren't falling off and they're not flopping around and things like that. The concept of cervical collars is a trickier one to unpack, and I don't think that C collars are immediately going away, but I, I do suspect that over the, la over the next 10 years, we'll see cervical collars kind of winnow down, winnow down, winnow down to a very small subset of subset of patients. The bottom line is cervical collars were developed really as part of a rehab technique for post-operative neck fusion and, and uh, spine surgery patients. And then that, that tech, if you will, got flipped forward into a pre-hospital or pre-injury evaluation uh, tool, just with the natural assumption that if it's good for patients whose necks are unstable because we operated on them, it must be good for patients who are undifferentiated trauma patients, for example, who may or may not have an injury. The problem with cervical collars is that there's really no evidence that they do anything that we want them to do. Um, and w really, the whole concept is sort of flawed. We think about what the cervical collar doing is preventing so-called secondary spinal cord injury. So the patient has suffered an injury, their neck is unstable, they haven't injured their, their spinal cord, but if they move, they will. And the problem is that those patients may not even exist. That may not even really be a thing. Um, there is definitely such a thing as secondary spinal injury. We've seen, probably if you do this long enough, you've seen or heard of a patient who came in neurologically okay and then they deteriorated. And we used to say that, oh, we, that they got pithed, right? The notion that things slipped and then they transected their cord. More likely what's happening in most of those patients is they simply develop increased edema and ischemia of the spinal cord and things like that. The forces required to transect the, uh, break the bones, cut the ligaments, tear the ligaments are so great, it's very unlikely that at that time you don't at the same time injure the neck. And we have powerful, you know, neck immobilization um, uh, muscles and everything anyway to kind of hold our, our head still. So I, I won't I'll stop here in the interest of not not going too long on this one, but so we'll we'll continue to kind of talk about this. But the uh, the 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 main notion is that um, the cervical collar may not add very much, and really probably what the what the concern is is about diminishing 
force on the spinal cord, which the cervical collar doesn't do anything. So if you have a collar on and you're moving around and fighting and bucking and things like that, you're generating tremendous amounts of force into your neck, which cannot be a good thing, even if the collar may restrict movement to a little bit of a degree. So the first patient that I really feel fairly strongly about not putting collars on are the combative drunk people. When those patients come in and collars, I just take them off immediately. Unless for some reason I really think that this person is a is a uh, is some someone we need to whip over to CT and scan their head and neck because of their mechanism or some physical finding or something. Leaving those patients in a room to flop around with collars on is pro probably even if they are injured, it's probably worse for them than just taking the collar off and letting them be tranquil and kind of lie still and, and protect their own neck with their muscles.